All right, Mutiny Radio listener. Hey, it's 4 o'clock. It used to be time for an open mic that we used to do, but comedy is dead, and we have been reading scripts. Uh, so today we're going to be reading some scripts by Warhol Kaufman, also myself. We're going to finish up camp. We started reading that yesterday. Uh, it's about seven people that go into the desert in a scared straight program, and we'll see what happens. But until then... We're going to listen to some ABBA because I fucking love ABBA and that's the way it goes. So we're going to be right back with some scripts once we get some actors here on MutinyRadio.fm.
If you change your mind, take a chance. I'm the first in line. Honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. If you need me, let me know. Gonna be around. If you got no place to go, when you're feeling down. If you're all alone, with a pretty Mutiny Radio listener, we are live. We are zooming. I'm gonna get some headphones. Yes, 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 yes. Hello, Mutiny Radio listeners. I am trying to get this together. We've got some scripts to read. One of them's mine. I'm excited about that. All right. Can I get a sound off? Here we go. And I'm Beth. There we go. We got everybody on uh, Zoom. Seems like it. All right. So, everybody ready? Yeah. Yes, sir. We're doing uh, part two of camp. And here we go. He swings his boner around humorously. No, we're not there. 23. What? Please 23. 23. I went too far back. What the fuck? Oh That's on page 24. <laughs> yes, page 24. Oh, where 23. 23. The last thing starts, stay together. Be very, very quiet. We're going right. on a whore hunt. Stay together. Be very, very quiet. We're going on a whore hunt. Okay, retracing steps. 
that's it. Okay. Uh, hey, Butch, walk with me. Yeah. Butch trots Sorry. happily over. Has boner, doesn't notice. Yeah, what can I help you with, beautiful? Put that thing away. I have to work out some things. Can you listen for, for a sec? If you're talking to me, you're talking to Jake. I was thinking of changing his name, something a little less human, you know, more plastic. Uh, what do you think of Sword of Seduction? This is about me, not about your sword. Of seduction. Sword of seduction. <laughs> he swings his boner around humorously. I'm going to tell you a secret. Is this a girl thing? Are, are you having your period? Butch imagines having sex in a bloodbath. Hello, Butch. Focus on me. I am. I am thinking of you. I'm very focused. <laughs> Focus on me now. Me here. Not me and your sick little fantasy blender upstairs. He's shaken back to reality. Oh, there you are. Hi, Butch. Listen, I've been seeing things, and one just came true. What? Crystal, you knew she was get lost. I mean, why wouldn't you tell anybody? Right? Like, who am I going to tell? Hey, Sarge, I had a vision in the desert night. I think the earth is speaking to me. Or, gee, Cheryl, Satan speaks to me before I dance. I think you're going to die in an explosion. That would go over awesome. Yes? God, you're hot. Thanks, dude. I'm glad you understand. Well, what are we going to do? I mean, can you have visions of me tonight before you dance? Uh, ask about Jake's new name. Ask about the sword of seduction. Let's keep to the important stuff, shall we? Death, chaos, bombs, decapitation. I am a C. I am a C-H. I am a C-H-R-T-I-A-N. And I have C-H-R-E-S-T-E-M-I-H-E-A-R-T and I will L-I-V-E-E-T-E-M-A-L-L-Y-I-M-S-E. Jonah tries to walk faster to get away. I want to K. I want to K-I. I want to K-I-L-L-C-H-E-R-Y-L. And I have H-A-T-E and my H-E-A-R-T. And I will D-E-S-T-R-O-Y your F-A-C-E. I want to K. Wow, you're in the best mood I've seen all week. Are you happy? Happy, yes. Maniacally happy. They stare at each other. Do you think she's still alive? Oh, I have it on good authority that she's already dead. You've been talking to Cheryl? Or Jesus? Or Satan? None of the above. I just know. I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Beth winks. Good luck on that, sweet cheeks. Why don't you toddle on ahead there so I can get a good view of your tushy? <laughs> Beth walks ahead, giving her hips an extra swish. Jonah, that's my tushy. Sure thing there, champ. Whose ass are you after now, butt boy? Sir, sir, sir no ass, sir. I believe he wants Beth's ass, sir. I think he's forcing a love triangle of sorts, but she's definitely more into brains than... Constantly hard cock than what, faggots? Sarge, 
viciously pushes Jonah out of the way and kicks Butch in the chest, forcing him to the hot ground. Wedging his thick boot, he flips Butch's ass skyward and plants a foot in the small of his back. Butch wriggles helplessly. He shrieks, yucky rape. Butch <laughs> whimpers, squirms, helpless. Beth screams as the vision she had no time to change mirrors reality. Dear God, please send strength to fight off this oppressive demon in our midst. Our precious savior, come thwart our affliction and save this boy from the evils of gayness, dear sweet Jesus. Christ, Jonah, do something, help me. Beth throws a rock at Sarge and tries to push him off, but she swats her away. Jonah leaps towards Sarge with a knife like a slow motion superhero. He stabs Sarge in the kidney. Praise the Lord. Cheryl falls to her knees in front of Jonah in praise and adoration. Butch is twitching under Sarge's dying body. Help. Please help me. <laughs> Reggie yanks Sarge's body and Butch squirms out. Beth cradles Butch and strokes his hair. They cry together. Jonah looks jealous at their intimacy. It's going to be okay, Butch. Everything is going to be okay. No, no, it's not. We're all going to die out here. Don't you see? Haven't you seen? We've never made it out alive. Butch vomits, then lunges at Jonah, grabbing the knife with his own hand. It slices him. As Jonah lets go and backs off, Butch plunges the knife into his stomach, then slashes his throat and chokes out. We're already dead. Beth can't believe what's happening. She goes to touch Butch. What the fuck do we do now, Cheryl? Cheryl! Jesus! 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 Jesus Christ! Jesus! We could die out here. Jonah, Jonah, you saved us. You were sent from the Heavenly Father. He gave you the strength to save us. Beth? Beth? Is this really happening? It's the four of us now. We should move now. We have to leave this. The four walk farther into the desert, desert day. Cheryl is staring at Jonah with visions of him as a Christ savior. Beth can't stop turning around to the dead bodies in the desert. You'll turn into a pillar of salt, Beth. Don't look back. We're gonna survive. Jesus has given us Jonah. I always knew he was special. He's gonna save us. Stop saying words, Cheryl. I'm thinking. Of course, of course. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. God damn you, Cheryl, shut up. I forgive you, Jonah. Jesus and I forgive you. We're gonna die, you know. I know they're, I know, I know they're going to die. I saw that from the beginning. Us too, we're dead. I'm not so sure about that. I knew about Crystal and Sarge and Butch. I saw them too, but I didn't see us. We might live. You still want to? Live? Yeah, I guess so. I'm not ready to submit like Butch. I don't give up that easily. After what happened to him, wouldn't you? He reaches for his Afrin bottle, squeezes it. It's empty. Reggie starts to cry. It's going to be okay. It's, We're... it's going to be okay. We're not going to die. Hey, Jonah, how do you know we're heading in the right direction? Which way was the camp? He knows what he's doing. Don't question, Beth. Have faith. Jonah, we're not following our old fit, put footprints. How do you know this is right? Are we, are we not looking for Crystal? Are we not going back? Cheryl slaps Beth. Beth has a handprint on her face. 
walks up to Jonah, planning a deep kiss on him. He's super down and cups her ass. Beth disengages and looks at Cheryl. What? Hmm? Are you jealous? What would Jesus do? Were you going to do that? Were you going to fuck the 17-year-old evil genius? Jesus fucks. For Jesus freaks. I, I would... I would never. How could how could you think that? Satan clearly has a hold of you. Please, you're ready to slather him with barbecue sauce and grill on the and grill on the lake of fire. Suckle those baby back ribs, Bible bitch. Ooh, Adam, give me your phone. Fuck you all. Let's walk. Jonah. No. The four walk on. Cheryl touches Jonah's neck, back of head, hair awkwardly, intimately. Jonah vomits. Dude, you shouldn't be sacrificing that water. Hold it in. Jonah falls to his knees. Fuck you. Man, you need to replace that water. How much is left in your canteen? Small sips. <sighs> Beth, hold up. We got a situation. What now? Really? What do you got? You think? I think we might have crisis? a crisis. She walks to Jonah on knees. I think she wants us to leave him alone. <laughs> if we leave him, he dies. We could try to camp here and walk at night. He has to walk himself, though. If he can't get up by sundown, we leave. You heartless heathens. I won't leave him. We all make choices, Cheryl. You can die together. Beth and I will make it out of this lizard fuck desert ourselves. We'll send help, but you'll be dead. Cheryl curls up next to Jonah. Dear sweet Jesus, protect us from... Desert late afternoon. Beth and Reggie are under makeshift shade away from Jonah being cradled by Cheryl. She dotes on him, blocks him from the sun, tries to give him water with her fingertips. He's seemingly unconscious, but still doesn't like it. <laughs> Do you think we should sneak away? Just leave them? I'm telling you, I saw them. They're going to die anyway. I don't think I can see it again. I don't want to be here when the bomb goes off. I don't want to see another headless corpse. Is that okay with you? Yeah, you're right. We leave them. They swivel heads to Cheryl. She drops the makeshift shirt shade, but continues her singing and running soothing fingers through Jonah's hair. She reaches to her bra and unclasps the front, allowing her two old freckled breasts to flop sideways before snuggling herself into Jonah's back. She gently pushes him over and straddles his hips, trapping him. She begins to writhe and rub and buck atop his helpless body till he wakes up. Weakened by dehydration, Jonah can't traditionally fight back. Cheryl covers his mouth with hers as he struggles for air and freedom. Her flapping, deflated boobs rock back and forth as she dry humps Jonah. This wasn't part of my vision. It was nothing like this. Beth and Reggie walk away. They hear an explosion in the distance and see a flash of bright than smoke. It sounds no more dramatic than a popped balloon from their distance. They assume the worst, but at least they are free. 
to wander in the desert with less than one canteen of water and a few granola snacks. Reggie? I'm going to ask you if we're going to be okay, and you're going to say yes, okay? Are we going to? Yes, we're going to be okay. They hold hands and walk into the desert sunset, kitchen table, an open newspaper and voiceover reading. Seven disappear in desert, AP Yuma, Arizona. Local authorities continue searching for seven lost hikers in the Arizona desert last Tuesday. Five campers under 18 and two counselors from the Desert Awakening Scared Straight program never returned to base camp after a routine three-day desert hike. Officials say the camp's organizers didn't realize the group was off course and dangerously underprepared for the trip. They began searching 12 hours after the group did not return as scheduled. Camp owners say the two leaders were highly respected members of the Desert Awakening Scared Straight team with the combined 14 years in service for the organization that claims to, quote, help wake kids up from the dangers of life, quote. Sergeant Bill Briggs, a decorated special operations Marine, and his partner, Cheryl Nugent, were, quote, two of our best counselors out there. They really care about the kids, end quote, <laughs> claims owner Jeffrey Cutler. Parents of the five lost children still hold up hope that they might return or be found, but 24 hours after the realization that they were missing, authorities still have not recovered any bodies from the unusually hot desert air. It's about 10 degrees hotter out there than it was this time last year. I didn't think they took enough water, but Sarge had a way of doing things that you just didn't dispute, said one female co-counselor. Sure, we used fear tactics, but they're all just criminals. End. Woo! Yay! That's that shit. Um, Good job, man. Yeah. Uh, So, we're doing serious, I think, now? So, uh, the main characters, uh, Billy, do you want to play the Frenchman? I'll do, for sure. All right. Uh, Mike, do you want to play Jason? Yeah, I'm trying to get the doc to open. I, I'm not having much luck with that Facebook page. They can't hear me. Oh, uh, that was really good. I'm yeah. stoked on my play. Okay, Rachel. Play, uh, right? What's can up? Be, can you be Karen? Um. Yeah, I gotta go then for the dog. You be Linda. You gotta go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a fucking Karen. You're gonna be a fucking Karen, yeah. Um, all right. And who else is that everyone? And then, uh, so can people just kind of pick up roles as we go then? Because there's gonna be a lot of random characters that are coming in and out. Yeah, uh, Where is the Google Doc for? Oh, serious. Never mind. I found it. Yeah, I'll play Jack. Mike, do you have the the document? It's my uh, Give me a couple seconds. It's taking. I'm just things are slow. Okay, so other characters that are gonna come up. Um, there's gonna be the one-eyed mercenary. Uh, I can play Jack and the one-eyed mercenary. And then if you guys, as you see other little characters, just pick them up because it's it's a there's like two dozen characters we're gonna have to do at least probably. Um, Rachel's outside. We're stalling. 
Pam is muted. Rachel's ready. No dead air. Uh, I guess I'll... Uh, <laughs> is this going over the airplane? Series exterior galaxy SXDFNB10062 fade in on the pulsing lights of SXDFNB10062 nestled in the vast abyss of space and hanging amidst the flicker and glow of neighboring galaxies in our known universe. Slow pan in and stop on SXDFNB10062. Rapid pan to one side across many galaxies. Settle on the Milky Way. Pan in. The Milky Way. Zoom in on Earth, spinning through space. Satellite whirs into frame. Don't forget to bring some peanut butter. Zoom down what? onto North America. North America's western coast, Friday. Pan down through the stratosphere. Well, how was your day? Clouds, day. Pan down through blue sky to telephone wires. Neighborhood, day. Pan down telephone pole. Two posters are taped to the pole. One shows a tiny, adorable kitten. Busy kitten. Have you seen Little Baby Razor? 555-555-5555. Municipal waste management announcement. All waste removal will occur in the early evening in District 16 this Sunday. The sky turns gray and it begins to rain. Linda and Jack's house, Friday, rain. Overhead through window. We see the top of Linda's head and her legs. Linda sits on the couch with her back to the window. She holds an empty jar of peanut butter. I don't know. Shut up. See you later. Beep. Oh, I have call waiting. Hello? The circuitry of Linda's phone. Electrons spin through wires channeling waves via satellite across town and into the cell phone of Karen. City street corner day, gray drizzle. A gray mid-afternoon. Karen walks her dog, Sirius, down the sidewalk. Hello, Linda? Shit. Karen steps in shit. The Frenchman watches from several feet away. The Frenchman carries a baguette and holds a closed umbrella. <laughs> the Frenchman is smoking a cigarette and dressed in a dark blue overcoat with a matching hat. Karen hangs up her phone. The Frenchman's accent is quite heavy. Fuck. Mail day. Jason's front porch day, gray drizzle. Jason is wearing an apron, whisking a large batter-filled bowl. His porch broadcasts patriotism and Americana. Yeah, uh, what are you doing? Oh, hey, hello, Karen. Jason's home, rain. The foyer of a modest and well-proportioned home. Karen and the Frenchman enter. Come in, come in, uh, Karen. And uh, Karen, this is Pierre. Um, our meeting is until Saturday. Karen, what are you doing here? Karen tracks shit onto the carpet and through Jason's <laughs> Sirius the dog runs around. VO. <laughs> Karen throws her purse down on a table and walks deeper into Jason's home. Karen's keys spill out of the purse. The nursery of baby Sirius, distant rain. Decorated in tasteful blues, grays, and muted yellows with a space theme, 11-month-old baby Sirius stops crying. Mama's here, baby. Don't you worry. Mama will take care of you. Always take care of you. You're my little Ruby. Baby, little baby. Baby Sirius. Jason's fireplace, muffled rain. The Frenchman holding a drink and a poker. Jason's arms are crossed. Survived the 1929 Birmingham. Zulu war, what is this? 
because I thought that means they would not let him teach. And then presidents of the African Mine Workers, uh, Union 1950, everywhere. J.P. Marsh, the strike in 46, deaths, injuries, murders. It is impossible to overstate the power and responsibility in building over a diamond. Jason notices the streaks Karen has left across his carpet. Oh, Karen, oh my God, what are you doing? What is that? Karen quickly grabs her purse, her dog Sirius, and a diaper bag from the floor. I have to go. It's alphabet day at Happy Baby Cares. We have to get downtown. Don't we, honey? My little smart baby. I got to get to work, or Mr. Worthington will have my ass. Come on. Come on, serious, honey. Isn't that right? My little man won't get a late start like his father. Mama's little man won't never let me down. Jason's neighborhood day, a faint misting. Karen pulls out her phone and calls Linda. Hello. Hello? I did it again. I did it again. Jason's kitchen. Jason and oven mitts pulls a steaming tin of muffins from the oven. You have no right to be here. I told you I would meet you. Uh, would you like some muffins? Karen's apartment, day. Rain begins to clear. Karen arrives with both dog and baby Sirius. A tenant exits as Karen approaches. Karen leaves her baby on the sidewalk, enters with dog. Karen exits without dog. Jason's home, final drops of rain. The Frenchman notices Karen's keys. Your wife left her keys upon this table that uh, was your wife. And was it not Monsieur Jason? Um, she's been telling everybody we've divorced. How must it feel for a man to know his mademoiselle's bon gentil, cha-cha belfine, <laughs> and his cherry magnifique uh, <laughs> reputating in, him in disgust? How could he leave knowing certainly too late he was never a man? Yeah, I don't see it that way. You have no feelings for her? Well, she doesn't lock her doors. Then you would not mind. I'm heading downtown. I will drop her keys off in her earrings. Happy baby daycare. Just beginning to rain. Karen drops baby serious at happy baby daycare. Daycare lady pulls Karen to the side like a pair of panties and points to a closing time <laughs> sign, 4.45 p.m. Jason's home, rain picking up. Jason stands, looking in dismay at his ruined carpet. He sighs, shakes his head, and gets on his knees to clean the carpet with a soapy mop bucket and a giant sponge. Jack and Linda's house, heavy rain. A sign on the lawn reads, Securities Inc., Information Technologies. Linda and Jack's house, sheets of rain. Linda pulls on a pair of pants, throws the empty jar of peanut butter in the trash bin, opens the door for Beefcake the dog, who runs off licking smears of peanut butter from his lips, whiskers, and teeth. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Linda lifts her panties from a pile on the floor and carries them to the hamper. Linda tousles her hair. Hello, Linda. Simply ravishing, darling. Now, it's time to be questioning. Jack and Linda's lawn, day, buckets of rain. A superbly manicured lawn, croquet and other lawn sports, a fountain, freshly clipped hedges. Beefcake the dog runs into frame. Beefcake the dog is holding a bloody little baby razor. Beefcake the dog runs out of frame, still carrying little baby razor. The lawn is still and peaceful. We hear, but do not see. A car pull up, idle and park. Doors opening, closing itself. 
cetera, proceeds up the walkway carrying two paper grocery bags brimming with suburban food items. Honey, oh my goodness, come quick. Close up, two paper grocery bags fall to the sidewalk. Peanut butter rolls down the walkway, milk spills and puddles. Razor, Razor, sweetie, beefcake, get inside, bad dog. Come here, bad dog, you motherfucker, listen to me. I said, God damn it, you back, back, back. Get out of here, go in the house. Generic office building parking lot afternoon steady rain. Karen arrives at a generic office building, preens and grooms herself in a side view mirror. Karen catches her own reflection in a car window, checks herself out. Karen enters the generic office building. Linda's therapy offices. Linda sits with a random client in a classy, well-furnished private room. Uh, and I, I can I can feel where it all went wrong, but I just you know when you cannot you just cannot and I mean can't do it just couldn't do it. Not to say I didn't try with Timmy, I always tried, and I guess since I lost, the Frenchman enters carrying a briefcase, the baguette, and an umbrella. <laughs> baguette. Um, pardon me, Madame Bonsoir. Um, I brought this pot to uh, for you. The Frenchman hands Linda the baguette, crosses to a table, sets down, and opens the briefcase. Pardon me, sir. Cut to random client, still aghast, cut back to the Frenchman, closing the briefcase. Perhaps you were wondering what was in my box. Pity for a cameraman, cameraman, who has missed his angle. Would you come talk to me privately? This is just the way my father. I'll be just a minute. Cramped tiny bathroom. Linda and the Frenchman crammed tightly between the walls, toilet, and sink. The Frenchman lights a cigarette, smokes, sets off the ancient fire alarm, opens his umbrella as water cascades over everything. Who are you? Um, I'm one of the friend of your husband's. What are you doing with me? I'm with you, doing nothing. Cramped tiny bathroom door opens. Random client tugs Linda's sleeve. I, I have 12 minutes till my swimming lesson. Karen's apartment, mellow rain. Sirius the dog runs around and chews on stuff. This is Sirius the dog. Happy baby daycare, light rain. Baby Sirius bounces in a baby walker, the Frenchman. This would be our star, baby Sirius. The dog star Sirius. Close up on Sirius, the brightest star in the sky. The dog is the brightest star in our sky. Verkeman says to close up in a star. More twice as big as our half so is very far away to me. I think and uh, is a joke. Happy baby daycare, gentle rain, baby serious, laying out alphabet blocks. Twenty-five are in place and Sirius is ready to set Z down at the end of his line. Another child begins removing blocks from Sirius's alphabet. Z named the baby after the dog, like Indian Jones. <laughs> Mr. Worthington's office, purple rain. Karen gives a shoulder rub to Mr. Worthington. And I hope it feels all better. You just let me know. Well, all right, Mr. Worthington. I better get going. Karen's desk. Rain, man. Karen looks through her purse, finds cell phone, calls Linda. Fuck. Karen rifles through her purse again and finds a prescription pill bottle. Karen, um, it's, it's not a good time. 
Karen opens her pill bottle. I have to go to the vet now, Karen. I I don't even remember how to get there. I always fuck it up. I always fuck it up. Turn on Inglewood, left on Brookridge, right on Woodridge, stop at Oaks End. What am I doing here, Karen? I don't know if I could face him. Karen swallows a few pills. I love you. Jason's home. Jason crouches on the floor in one corner of his house, suds foaming off his sponge, still cleaning the carpet. Jason <laughs> notices the roof is leaking. He breathes deep and goes to get a bucket. Generic office building, parking lot, evening, clear sky. Karen looks up Oaks End veterinarians in her phone and searches frantically through her purse and walks to a bus stop. Linda's therapy office. Linda hangs up the phone, hangs her head over her desk. Linda opens a desk drawer. Out comes New Kitten. Linda stares at New Kitten and lifts her up. A city bus. Karen looks through her phone while sitting bored on a city bus. Linda's therapy office. Linda raises the office fridge, pours milk in a plastic bowl, overturns a cardboard box, steals dirt <coughs> from a plant, and fills the cardboard box. She lifts, nuzzles, and kisses her new kitten. Interior, Jason's home. Jason puts away his cleaning supplies, washes his hands, takes a breath. Jason's phone rings. Jason eats a muffin and answers the phone. Oaks End, Veterans Evening, Karen... Things got quiet. I don't know what Arrived. happened here. There we go. Oh, city bus knocks on the door and gestures. Baby, serious. Oaks and vet night. Karen stands still on the sidewalk. Linda's car races up curbside and slams on the brakes. Another city bus. Karen looks at her phone on the bus. Jason calls night. Jason drives while he gives baby serious a pep talk. Let me. Let me tell you this, uh, uh, Oh, we got Jason dials his phone. Hello? Jack, hey man, are you there? Hey, what's up? The Frenchman came early. Pierre? The French guy with the beret-looking hat and the long beard. Okay. Hey, uh, can I ask you a question? Sure, man, what's up? How'd you do all that research on the... Look, did you do the deal? Well, I mean, no. Uh, something wasn't right. I have to move the jewels. Where did you... Jesus, Jason, where did you move them? I don't know yet. Gotta go. Click. Okay, baby boy, it's up to you and me now. Jack's later. Jack sets down his iPhone. The layer is plastered with documents from the mysterious briefcase. There's a desktop computer, a laptop, and various pieces of hardware and wiring, a file cabinet, simple weapons and tools, granite, etc. Jason's home. What did I know? Nay. Flashback knocked up. Uh yeah hello hey, look this is uh yeah i know i saved your number <clears throat> all right well look i want to tell you i think you're making a mistake not going with our full family package buddy i tell you <laughs> without cameras red alert sensors monitors and bugs or some kind of alarm system with a chain of command god forbid <clears throat> ones could be the target of some criminal act their safety virginity and not to mention their lives i'm sorry sir you know I, i've stepped over my boundaries Jason's home, sunny day. Jack exits Jason's home, closes and locks the door and walks swiftly down the sidewalk, moving casually while glancing left and right. 
Jack and Linda's house day. Jack walks up the street to Linda and Jack's house, Jack and Linda's house. Jack enters his baby razor and beefcake play on the carpet. Beefcake, be good. Come here, baby razor, come here. Jack pauses, listening, then opens his bag and removes the long lost large diamond. Razor, look, our first diamond and a big one at that. Look at that sucker. Enter Linda. Jack, Jesus Lord, what the fuck is that? I, John Fitzgerald Patrick, what are, Jack, please tell me, tell me what the hell's going on? Come here, BK, come here, boy. All right, Jack, tell us something. What's happening? Darling, if that's what poor boy's diamond, we have got to give it back. But this phone rings. Get the phone. Jack crosses and opens the front door. Linda goes for the cordless phone. A mysterious briefcase sits on his welcome mat. Jack gazes carefully around and kneels and opens the mysterious briefcase, which is stuffed full of documents, old drawings and colored photos, news articles, all about Jason, his family, and the long lost large diamond. Jack pulls a card from the mysterious briefcase and closes it quickly. Linda returns to the front door with cordless phone in hand. Jack? Who is this one-eyed mercenary? Jack examines the card, double-sided with black ink on gold, two words, one on either face of the card. Someone knows. The storage for the card pulls in. Jason Key and enters. Karen's the door and stops. Karen screams and collapses on the ground in a fit of anger. Karen pauses to remove a small key from her brazier and rises and opens her mailbox. Karen's mailbox. Karen finds her keys wrapped in a note and a few chocolates all safely tucked away in her mailbox. The note reads, my dear Mademoiselle Karen, please meet avec moi ce soir pour les aperitifs à la petite café dans la rue. Karen's apartment night. Karen opens up a chocolate and eats it, sprints to her car, hops inside and speeds off. Jason's storage. Jason flicks on a light switch, then closes and locks the door, peers around nervously, digs through the boxes of crap, and pulls out a soft bag and holds it up for Sirius to see. Le Petit Café dans la Rue. Karen breaks hard and leaps from her car, leaving her keys in the ignition and the door ajar. Karen walks slowly and casually, yet deliberately, into the cafe. Ce n'est pas ne pas. Merci. La Petit Café dans la Rue. The Frenchman awaits Karen. Karen sits. I should say we are we are alone. Buen bien, mis amis. Tu es très, tu es chulem. Pan me, pan me, pan me, mad magica, bon quan, sim, fasen bifal. En cato mante ti, pan mo chablan, pan me bis wap wap What does it mean? You are to me a cabbage. In my land is much more sense. You can understand. Why did you want to meet me? I feel you may be in claim danger. <gasps> really? In particular, none. Just an example. I kid. Very sorry. This is not good joke. It's for your baby. Is my baby in danger? 
No, 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 no. He is fine. Then. It is for your family. Uh, please do not gasp again. I'm, I want to make things. This may be hard to explain, but I'm, you know, never mind. Uh, you want you want your family what is best, as do I. You are a beautiful woman, Karen. Do you know your son is a... Where do you sell, Karen? Ah, yes, that town. Your husband cares for your family, madame, but he does not know what he is keeps. He will he lost it all, all three of you, believe me, for I've already read your playbook. Waiter, wine, please. You must do this for your son. I, I tell Jason about his inheritance. Say, trust me, your husband, for your family and his for your you must sell him the jewels and and bring them or him to, to this man. The Frenchman hands Karen a card which reads one-eyed mercenary, lonesome gulch, nine 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 North Pleasant, no phones. For as I said, you are a beautiful woman. A boy needs a father, and without a man, any house cannot be a man. Call him this weekend. On Saturday. Let him know you're aching for his love. Miss him, and I will see you again. The Frenchman rises and exits. We see the name of the cafe, La Petite Cafe down the route. A waiter brings Karen her wine. Karen texts someone on her phone. Um, uh, 9.50, please. The palatial grounds of a mansion, Saturday day. The Frenchman sits and talks with Jason on a large and opulent patio surrounded by verdant gardens and a lush view. For me, uh, I believe in some uh, consequence, covenant. Uh, wherever we cross, there's becomes collateral. You can never escape. You, you know what I mean. Look, Pierre, Pierre, calm down. Look, listen, man, calm and chill it out. Like, quiet it down, dude. I'm being serious. You got to chill out now. You're freaking me out, like, a little. Simple, can't do you, you have what you say in the inheritance of bad luck. Say, good riddance. I shall take this off your hand. Yeah, how do you know Jack, anyhow? Yes, I meet Jack some good many years away. Say, tell you what, how much would you give me for them? I mean, all of them. The, the Frenchman whips out a pen, scribbles a number on something, and shoves it across. $60,000? The Frenchman shrugs apologetically. Inflation, recession, the market, bubble burst, you know. Picking up pieces from rubble. In this case, you are busy. My apologies. And you will have only most potent decisions upon your horizon. Jason's phone rings and he answers. Karen. Would you quit sounding like a bitch and put my husband on the phone? I want you back. Now. Stop fucking lying to me. Their conversation fades down. Yeah. The Frenchman walks off, hops a fence, leaves the grounds. We follow him as he walks briskly down the street. I'm wanting always to make more things. The Frenchman hits an alley, turns a corner, and books it. Palatial grounds of a mansion Saturday day. A well-dressed man approaches Jason, who is still on the phone with Karen. Sir, this is private property. May I help you? 
I do not want to make up the cinema franchise no more. Karen cooing and bitching in the background. Excuse me, sir, would you come with me? You wouldn't hold out on me, would you, Jason? I swear to God. Pierre, give me a minute. I I'm a bit lost. I'm looking for... Are you fucking listening to me? What are you doing here, sir? You need to answer some questions. Could you please repeat that? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just meeting with... Would you excuse me for a second? I, I think my good friend's gone inside. Come with me. Well-dressed man leads Jason down a path. You're not even paying attention. Where is Sirius? Is he with you? Sir, you need to focus and answer my question. Where is your friend? Who is that man with you? What are you doing on this property? Or should I call the authorities? You're trespassing right now? Would you like me to call my boss and ask him what to do with you? Do you love me? You never loved me. No, uh, hold on. Uh, my, my friend Pierre was just here. Who are you talking to? What friend? I don't see anyone. He must be. He went towards the house. This is the ambassador's house. You're telling me your friend brought you here? Yeah, I think, I guess, he must, maybe he knows Pierre. Your story's not making sense. Where's your friend then, if you have a friend? Is this yours? Fuck you, Jason. Click. A well-dressed man gestures behind Jason. There's been a lot of break-ins recently, but daytime, you're getting pretty bold. I guess I better call it in. Who are you, and what have you done with the French guy? Are, are you? Is this about... I have to go. Sir, I need you to... I gotta run. Jason takes off in some direction, sprinting. A well-dressed man does not follow. Sir! Pan out on the grounds. The mansion is being emptied out by men in painting masks and coveralls, packing everything into a large, unmarked truck. Karen's apartment Saturday evening pulls up in his car, double parks, and calls Karen. Agitated hand gestures... Karen comes out onto the sidewalk. Jason talks through his car window. Karen starts to go back inside. Jason exits his car and stops her from leaving. They argue on the sidewalk. Karen's car is parked badly, taking up multiple spots. Would you just move your car and let me in? I have nothing to say to you. I just want to see my son. It's not your day. It actually is my day. Well, he doesn't want to see you. I want to show you something. I'm busy. Can I just show you something? Sirius and I... Would you please move your car, Karen? Karen gets in her car and moves it up. Jason re-enters his car and tries to park. Jason asks Karen to move up a little more. Karen pulls Jason out of his car and reparks his car, then pulls her car back into its space. They both walk into the building. Karen's apartment. Karen leads Jason in. Baby Sirius sits in his high chair with food smeared all over his face. The dog Sirius sleeps in a corner. Karen gestures and Jason sits somewhere. Baby Karen. Jason, what do you want? Baby. Baby Karen. Jason. Can I excuse myself just for just, just for a moment? Oh, my God. Jason gets up, goes to the bathroom. He's not quite sure where it is. Karen's bathroom. Jason closes the door, takes a moment to breathe slowly. Jason calms himself and looks in the mirror. He cleans up as well as he can, washes his face, straightens up his clothes and hair. Jason takes one last look in the mirror, turns to the door, pauses to exhale, checks one of his pockets, pulls out the soft bag of diamonds. Jason touches the diamonds gingerly, maybe kisses them, carefully puts them back in his pocket, and Jason takes one more breath and... Jason, Jesus, 
What in the goddamn fuck are you doing here? <laughs> Damn it, Jason, you're upsetting my son. Jason opens the bathroom door. You know, it's a good thing you're not in charge because if you were, there'd be pigs flying all over the place. You know I still love you. And I want to tell you a story. May I? All right, Karen, I love you. I've done a lot of things for the love of you. Not all of them, I, I can clearly tell, were, were purely heroic. What the hell are you talking about? You sound like a fucking soap opera. Karen, look, can you remember the time months ago uh, when I started kind of acting kind of crazy? I think I can remember. It was around when I left your limp dick. Jason steps up and grabs Karen around the waist. Jason pulls her close and kisses her deeply until Karen collapses backwards in his arms. Jason releases Karen for a moment and catches her just before she falls to the floor. He begins to make love to her. What about your son? Karen's apartment. Karen rises from the floor wearing a partial outfit, lifts baby Sirius from the high chair, cleans him up, lays him in his crib. Karen goes to a bar, pours two drinks, and brings one to Jason, reclining under lamplight. Wine? Why not? They sit for a moment. Karen goes for a pack of cigarettes, but it's empty. Look, that was probably just a freebie. I had it coming. They sit and listen to the sound of quiet. This out. Jason pulls out the soft bag and pours the diamonds into his hand. There's a great story behind these, but I'm beginning to think, I don't know. How much? The half of... How much? It, well, I, what, I'm sorry. How I said, um, are, are they, what, where do you tell me the story? Well, I really ought to confess, Kara, Bear, listen, uh, we don't have to always be so serious, right? A little tomato face and the pillow man. The tomato head. Tomato. The tomato head. And uh, the, and the pillow face. Sweet little pillow face. Pillow head, pillow face, and the tomato in one of the quilts on mom's mom's guest bed. I mean, for two days, we had her old house to ourselves, and she went camping with a bunch of church ladies. Oh, I thought she was dead. In, in autumn, for two days. It was like a ritual. And we had her old house to herself in autumn for two days. Jason goes to put the diamonds down, thinks better of it. The anniversary of when Grandpa left. They were going to bury him with that quilt, but I just remember, I, I can remember Dad snapping in it and before he left, and I wanted to keep it. I wanted to keep it so we could keep it and bury it with my grandfather, where they buried my father. And we were all buried there, all the men in my family, the men only. None of them stayed with their wives, or their wives left, or they wouldn't be buried together. It, it doesn't make any sense, Karen. Karen moves to Jason and strokes his hand fondly, cautiously. I don't want to be buried there, and I don't want to. But they kept the quilt, and we kept that quilt, and it's there that weekend on the bedspread, under the brass, everything, and the rattling springs, just getting lost in the bed. And the man had a pillow for a face. Or the man with a pillowcase on his head, maybe? You were the pillow face, but you called me a tomato. A bit muddy, yes, but what is the... I didn't really get it. You hugged me and you gave me the bell laugh. And my shoulders were sore and you hugged me so sore. And it was all the rose blossoms and hickory from the firewood. And when you hugged me tighter when I talked 
the little happy potato guy pretended I was pillow face. And it was only two years ago with everything that's been ages. They drink. I haven't been with anyone. Karen's phone beeps. Again, Jason is idly turning the diamonds over in his hand. Karen walks over to her phone. You had a confession. Sure, sure. It wasn't signed. Remember that investment with my friend, Jack? Mm-hmm. Well, you never know what it was about. And when you left me, I realized I should have told you. It's what I used to keep in the safe, you know, until Jack told me that they might be safer in storage. And I thought that was silly because, you know, it's a safe. But I'm sorry. I'm starting in the middle. Karen shakes her head vaguely. You left me before our baby name, uh, had names for us. I know, because when you were packing, I was standing in the kitchen with Sirius, asking if he wanted, if he would say my name. And I would have taken anything, but he, he wasn't talking. But I understand. Karen gets up, goes to a cupboard, pulls out a paper bag, uncrumples it, and reveals a paper towel wad. <sighs> With these, baby? Karen opens the paper towel wad to expose one sparkling little diamond. It was me. Where did you... You knew? Karen nods. She offers Jason a little diamond. Jason hands Karen the soft bag and pours the little diamonds in the long-lost large diamond through Karen's hands and into the soft bag. Did you tell anyone? Karen shakes her head. Karen's phone beeps, lights up with a text message. Karen leaves the soft bag on the table and goes to her phone. You knew this whole time? Sidewalk, clear day, flashback, nine months ago. Karen discreetly follows Jason. Karen wears an elaborate disguise, clothing wrapped and piled as to conceal her entirely. Cut back. Interior, Karen's apartment. Karen touches Jason. Karen. After I found out, I knew. Okay. What did you put on a mask, a disguise? That day. The day I. Same day a bird shit on you. <laughs> Busy city street, sunny day, flashback nine months ago. Jason is walking briskly and stops as a bird shits on his hand. Fuck. To Karen apartment, Jason reaches for Karen. That day I caught the bird shit when I went to see the fat guy in the yellow shirt at the pawn shop on the 7th. That pawn shop on 7th, sunny day, flashback nine months ago. A fat guy sits on a lawn chair outside and motions for Jason to come inside. Jason gestures about watching his hand. A fat guy shakes his head and tries to force Jason inside. Karen's apartment. Karen and Jason shyly smile at each other. He was a great fat guy. But he got weird and tried to lock me in. Were you there? He almost locked the door on me. I couldn't get anything. I followed you. Some days I followed to see where you worked, but you didn't work anywhere. And then... You followed me to the pawn shop, and I knew I shouldn't have told Sirius the combination. We don't have to live at anybody's place. You and I, we could, uh, would you believe... Look, honey. Remember the little... Don't push it, okay? Okay, babe? Where are you going to do with those diamonds? Because I know a guy. Exterior, Karen's apartment, night. The Frenchman is smoking a cigarette in the street, watching through a window, rain falls. Grocery store aisle. Linda's shopping in the frozen aisle. New kitten pokes out from Linda's purse. Linda calls Jack. Are you there? 
you know, I'll, I'll be home in a minute. Well, where are you going? I was going to make us some dinner. It's, you haven't been home. It's fine. Are you coming? I just thought, I'm not, I'm not making, okay then. All right, fine. The scraggly woods, night, drizzle. Jack is smoking a cigar, talking on his iPhone, burying Beefcake the dog. Beefcake is buried up to his snout. Jack adds dirt to the mound, finally obscuring Beefcake. Oh, and the kitten died. Jack ends the call, throws down his shovel. Jack uses his iPhone to look into his empty house through a spy cam. Jack and Linda's house, spy cam Saturday night. Jack and Linda's house is empty. The spy cam is in a cat clock. It is 7.59 p.m. Lamplit street corner, night rain, a tinted sedan. Linda exits one leg at a time, wearing a suggestive minimalist ensemble. A tinted sedan. Linda texts Karen. I want you tonight. Let's leave. Linda exits attended sedan, carrying her purse. Lamplit street corner, night rain. Linda puts her phone away and walks up to Bite Cop in a little alley. New kitten pokes his head out of Linda's purse. Exterior, little alley, night rain. Linda speaks quietly in Bite Cop's ear. Linda walks off slow and sexy. Exterior, Linda corner, night rain. Linda stands on a street corner at first shyly, then more provocatively. Exterior. Linda's corner, night rain. Older gentleman stops to speak closely with Linda. Exterior, seedy motel rain. Linda leads older gentleman towards seedy motel. Interior, motel room number 69. Linda shuts the door of motel room. Older gentleman is delighted and pulls out a lot of money. Throws it on the bed. Bike cop busts through the door and comes flying at Linda. Older gentleman runs out the door. Exterior, motel room, night rain. Older gentleman... Flags down, driver of tinted sedan and bags, pulling out credit and debit cards. Older gentleman, just drive me to an ATM. Interior, motel room number 69. Linda takes a pile of money from the bed and leaves the rest of the cash. Linda kisses bike cop goodbye, crosses the door, opens door and walks out of motel room number 69. CD motel night, rain tapers off. Linda opens door of motel room number 69 and exits. Linda closes the door and walks toward the parking lot. A tinted sedan pulls up in front of CD Motel. Tinted sedan. Linda climbs in a tinted sedan. Driver nods. CD Motel, mild rain. A tinted sedan drives off. The rain stops. Tinted sedan. Dashboard clock reads 10.01 p.m. Driver hands Linda a wad of cash. Linda's therapy office. Clear night. Blinds drawn. Lamp lit from within. Rustling. Linda's therapy office. Jack combs through Linda's files in the semi-darkened room. Listen to her client session tapes. Jack fast forwards, plays, notates, pauses, thinks, plays again. Tape recorder. Needless to say, I was traumatized. I never use the ATM anymore. I keep most of my money in my parents' old house on Folsom Gulch. <laughs> if I were to get robbed, I shudder to think. It used to be we had those, uh, what do you call, fancy alarms, but with the recession and on my pension, geez, Louise. Jack hears <coughs> noise from outside. The tape. Jack looks around, flicks off the dim light. Jack rearranges Linda's things, how he found them, places the tape back in its file, gathers his bag and moves to the door. Jack exits. Linda's therapy office night. Jack walks away as the Frenchman steps out from the shadow. Monsieur Jacques. Who are you? I, I don't know you. 
Yes, you are expecting to meet with a man named Pierre, are you not? Oh, uh, what? Are you Pierre? It is obvious. You do not know this man. I... And have not met you. Les deux And you have never seen such each other. I think so, because I, I do not recognize you, and you do not recognize me also. Look, cut the crap, man. I'm prepared to pay $100 for these diamonds. Do you, do you have her? A hundred thousand? Uh, I don't have it on me. Where, where have you been? I've been trying to contact you for... Ah, then you know she is as Moral Dad. La Kingdom Diamond. The Lady Manpreguay. Or some like to call Le Inventerrible Nombre Quatre. I, um... Julio Yeo's fault. I, I know the guy, the, uh, the one who has it. He, he wants to sell it to me. Do you, do you need to examine it first? These or? documents you sent upon fax to me what you say. Jaime conclusivity. Well. You little men produce no diamond. Please do not fail me also. I will be first to call upon... No! Our unseemly mutual acquaintance. No, that's unnecessary. My I'll associate, see if I can arrange. My associates will be leaving tomorrow night. You have not only, you have not the only world gem. You have not the world only gem. Maintain it, merci. Non same pandodonazi, haglers. I await your contact. Just don't scare him off trying to offer a bunch of money and buy him off on the spot. He only, uh, he only wants to deal with me. The Frenchman departs into shadow. Jack pulls out his iPhone and checks his spy cam. Jack and Linda's house, Saturday night, rainstorm. The spy cam and the cat clock. It is 11.59 p.m. Linda and Jack's house. The tinted sedan pulls up in front of Linda and Jack's house. The driver's door opens. He walks around and opens the car door for Linda. Linda steps out wearing suit pants and a business casual jacket, carrying a purse. New kitten sticks his head out of the purse. Linda walks up to the front door and lets herself in. Karen's hallway. A gloved hand places a thick manila envelope outside the door of Karen's apartment. Karen's apartment Sunday morning. The soft bag of diamonds is no longer on the table. Baby Sirius begins to cry. The dog Sirius eats from a garbage can. Jason prepares breakfast at the stove wearing Karen's apron. Hey God, baby. Papa's here. Say Papa. Papa's here with you. I got a plan. A man, not a Van Damme action plan, but I, we got a plan, man. I got your plan right here. Bear, Care Bear, you want some eggs or something? Karen opens the front door and enters. Karen? Sorry, I lost my place. Page 43. It's not, it doesn't show up in pages. Take time. Sorry. Fair enough. Fuck. Hey, Pancake, if you want to join, we got some small characters you could join in with too. Oh. Papa. <laughs> this is serious on okay. Sydney okay. Radio. Okay. Uh, <laughs> why do you have a package on the doorstep? Hey, darling, didn't you know you were out? Didn't know you were out. You know, it's really not safe to hold on to these diamonds. We should move them. Jason pauses, then continues cooking and wishing she would talk quieter. 
That was what the Frenchman was saying. What's the deal with that guy? Pierre, he wants to pay a good amount of money for him. What kind of money? Thing is, <clears throat> I'm not sure if I could trust him. I might ask. I might have to ask Jack. You know, I better go talk to my guy. Karen lifts baby serious, her purse and the diaper bag. Jason looks with panic at the diaper bag. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you. Jason throws down his utensils, takes off his apron, and shuts off the stove. They exit the apartment. Karen's hallway. Jason lifts the manila envelope from the floor. It reads, Jason, in thick black sharpie. Jason considers the manila envelope. Karen's apartment, Sunday morning. Jason, Karen, and baby Sirius get in Karen's car. Jason straps baby Sirius into his car seat. Karen holds her purse and locks the diaper bag in her trunk. Jason carries the manila envelope. Karen's car, Sunday morning. Karen starts the car and pulls out of her parking spot, lightly bumping Jason's car on her way out. <laughs> a little kiss, a little love tap. <laughs> you better move your car tonight. It's straight cleaning. Oh, you know. Karen's phone ring. Karen puts in her Bluetooth and answers. Linda and Jack's house. Linda holds new kitten and talks on a cordless phone. We look out a window and up a long hill lined with houses and telephone poles. Hey, I finally reached you. Up the hill Sunday morning. We look from a distance down the hill upon Jack and Linda's house. Jack stables missing dog signs to telephone poles surveying the neighborhood. I just, I've really been wanting to connect and talk with you. Linda and Jack's house. Linda wanders through the house in her underwear. Did you get my messages? You know, I've been thinking about us. Karen's car is sunny Sunday. Jason tries to turn around and engage with baby Sirius. Little baby. Yeah, of course. Karen glances at Jason. No, it's fine. I've just been really busy. You know, with our projects and work stuff. Jason turns back around to regard Karen. I would love that. Yes. Yes, freaking exactly. Anywhere. Not even, well, obviously, but... I'm saying that exclusively, it doesn't need to only be, be only beaches. I like bargain shopping anyway. Linda, have you really done that? Mm -hmm. Karen's therapy office, flashback nine months ago. Linda and Karen sit and talk. Linda reclines on her couch, one shoe half on, her hair down, head back. Karen sits adjacent in a large chair, listening intently. I just want to remind you, Karen, I know I said before that I'm recording our conversation. That's fine. You know, I love listening to you talk. My Jack used to say things to me like that. You know how people change? Jason, my, well, my husband, he used to pardon my French. He, he used to be a man who put it in where he wanted to. I don't mean to be vulgar, but let's say, but let's face it, Linda. I need to be fucked. Have you ever felt that way? I think I know what you mean. Have you ever done anything exciting? Karen, I feel like I must tell you. What is it, Linda? Karen. Linda? Yes, Linda. Karen, I don't think I'm quite certain whether I know how to remain to become your therapist and like treat you properly. Don't you want to go on vacation? Karen, 
do you understand this isn't therapy and I can't, I will not be your therapist. Karen pulls a little diamond from some hidden place. I found this diamond. It was in my husband's safe. He had lots more. I don't think he'll miss it. Linda turns off her tape recorder. I know the combination because he talks and he talks and he never goes to work. He's too busy talking. <laughs> Technically, if you're married, all property is shared from a legal standpoint. I'm not a lawyer. Linda, I like you. I like you too, Karen. Karen's car, Sunday evening. Jason sighs, opens the manila envelope, angling away from Karen's view. The manila envelope contains full-color photographs of Karen and the Frenchman at Le Petit Café de la Rue. Field flashback day, right, nine months ago. <laughs> Jack and Jason sit on bleachers and watch a soccer team run laps in cleats, shin guards, and uniforms on a muddy field. Jack wears a brown overcoat. Coach, one more lap! One more lap! Jack gives Jason a slow and guarded look. Well... This isn't fair. First they take one of my little ones, and then they come back and they steal the biggest one of all, and, and all of them, and the rest of them, and my kid's college fund, everything. I'm going to have to find a job now. There is somewhat of a standard procedure for this. I'm not your fucking mental health specialist. Jack grimaces. Jason tries to hand Jack a stack of cash. Jesus, man, put it in an envelope. Have you ever seen a damn movie? Jack gets up to walk away, turns and regards Jason with peripheral vision. Any decent noir. Jack pulls out his iPhone and mimes receiving a call. Jack scans the area, mid-range, up close, and perimeter. Jason fumbles the stack of cash back in his pocket. Soccer field, day rain, long shot. Jason tries to hand Jack a stack of cash. Jack gets up, steps away. Jack makes a phone call and looks around. Soccer field, day, rain. Close up, Jack frowns. Soccer field, day, rain. The camera runs along with the soccer team. One more lap! One more! Jack hands Jason something. Soccer field, day, rain. Jack hands Jason an envelope, plastic wrap from some store. That's here. This is 350 now. You understand what I'm saying? Do I need to send you a fucking invoice? <laughs> Jason tears open the envelope's packaging and litters, hesitates, then reconsiders. Jack coughs. Jason looks around slowly and stuffs the stack of cash in the envelope. This is all I have. You don't have to count it. It's all here. Fucking unprofessional. Jack sits back down. How much do you know about that jewels of yours? About the one you used to have? The one you lost when you... Um... <laughs> Neglected to invest fully in our security package. I could have run you to the front of the list if, if you know, let's forgo the history lesson. No, I, I like to hear. Christ, Chisholm and the Lady Magdalena's little cunt. We got a narrow window. Your prime suspect is laid up in the motel over there. I brought you this close, but no. Why don't we cover civics and geography as well? Geology, oceanography. No, what do I have to do? They're your stones, buddy. Go in there and reason with her. <laughs> Word from the dive. She's a bit of a nympho slut. Might be coke everywhere. She had one visitor. How do you know? You want a gun? Oh, oh, no. A fucking gun? Bullets cost extra. Shovel. Duct tape. Extra. Am I making myself clear? 
Or you want to go in there with the, your dick in your hand with a bucket of champagne and celebrate we found her? Fuck. Do what the fuck you like. Just, 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 could you just, could you, could you just tell me what you found out? How do you know about this woman? Know her. <laughs> How'd you find her? Lower your tone when you speak to me, boy. Look, did I just pay you $600? You may have a point. Tell you what, beginning at the beginning, right? Mister. Call me Jack. I'm Jason sorry. and Jack, shake hands. I'm sorry I didn't trust you before. At the bar, I've been jumpy. Well, you bumped into me. Rightly, yeah, well, yes, rightly so. So look, you want to know about the diamond you lost? You want me to tell you what I know about the ones you still got? You want to, you want to show me one? Have my opinion as an amateur jeweler? Bust into that room where your burglar friend might be keeping your little diamond for you. I told you they stole, she took everything. Right. Right. Because uh, I checked the register and she uh, <clears throat> she seems to be scheduled for an early checkout. Just quickly, tell me what you found. Okay, look. There used to be a prison somewhere. Hard to pronounce name. Got it? Jason nods. Your uh, grandfather, grand, great, some relative was in this jail, in this prison, from what I understand. He looked a lot like you for the purposes of the flashback. Little older. These are ancient. They're not new documents. Can I see you? I don't think that's in your best interest. Listen, we don't have much time. Uh, the warden died one night. Apparently, he was in the diamond trade and someone killed him. I don't know. There was a riot. I had to translate it from the transcripts, news articles, Czech journals, Russian news, Dutch Afrikaans. Listen. Half of it was memoirs in German. I don't know how to read all this stuff. I'm a researcher. Now look, Jack gestures to the distance. Spike cop stands by a freeway, wearing all spandex, surveying the area through binoculars. He's a cop. We gotta move, you do. This prison, some kind of riot, people died. Someone got free. That's your uh, grandpappy or whatever, got it. Now you want a weapon, you going in or should I hit the horse races? Go find your diamond and your, uh, your other diamonds. Where do I? Where should I look? She's in room 69. How clear do I have to put it? Jack lights a cigar. Interior, Karen's car, sunny Sunday morning. Jason shoves the full color photographs back in the manila envelope. Karen happily chats away. Jason hesitates and then calls Jack. From what I can tell, there's a lot of people on the lookout for your bounty. Might wanna let me handle it for you. Take care of everything. Listen, I need to talk to you. You better Tell me where your office is because I want to meet with you. And your fucking frog ran off on me. And just when I was ready to make a deal. First class. I don't even know how to reach him. I'll deal with the fuck, who the fuck I want to. Jack and Linda's house, sunny Sunday morning. Jack walks down the sidewalk toward home, carrying a few leftover missing dog signs and his stapler. Well, if you want to lose him again, it's your party. Jack hangs up and glances at his iPhone spy cam. Jack's spy cam. Linda paces in her underwear. Well, come see me tonight. He's never around. A surprise? 
Linda and Jack's house. Jack enters, hears the end of Linda's conversation, and startles Linda. I can say it again. I'm tingling with excitement. Oh, <laughs> well, I'd love to see you later. Later, hon. Linda slowly hangs up the cordless. She pauses and methodically begins a random household test. Remember when you found me holding that rather large diamond and we hatched a little plan together? Yes. That was the first time I've conspired to give money away. Can I have a minute? Sure, yes, of course. How are you doing? What, what do you need? Beefcake ran away. Karen's car. Karen's still chatting. Jason trying to nap. Then should I come around tonight? Okay, bye. Who are you talking to? Was that... That shrink? One-Eyed Mercenaries HQ around noon. Karen's car pulls up to the One-Eyed Mercenaries HQ. A sign hangs from a shingle. One-Eyed Mercenary, private eye, special investigations, hired dick. The premises is surrounded by some kind of thick, swampy tar. Inner door to Jack's lair. Jack leads Linda into his lair. Jack's lair. Jack shows Linda all the diamond research. One-Eyed Mercenaries HQ, front office. Jason and Karen sit in straight-back chairs before the great desk of the One-Eyed Mercenary. The One-Eyed Mercenary sits astride the great desk, directly over and in front of Karen. Jason holds baby Sirius and sits very still, studying the room. Karen's purse sits in the center of the great desk. Hired dick? I'd never heard of that. That's very interesting. Did you know that, honey? Tell me some more about that, mister. One-eyed mercenary. Is that uh, anything short uh, for... Uh... Jason. I'm the one-eyed mercenary. Now, some people won't deal with me anymore in town on account they say I fucked them. And it may be I fucked them a bit, but not too hard, not too deep. And I always told them, like I'm about to tell you, if I seize a chance, I'm going to fuck it. So don't give me no reasons. Huh. Okay, well, you've certainly given us a lot to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've fully shown you the package I can offer. Well, I'd like to see it. What are we meaning about now? I think what the man is trying to say is... Jason stands and places baby Sirius on the great desk. One-eyed mercenary moves behind Karen and places two heavy hands on her shoulders. Safety. All right. Strength. That's... Security. That's fine. Uh, we we get it. Uh, you made your. You got a deep purse, private, and I'm guessing real liquid assets. We're talking riches, for you more sacred than valuable. You made your point. I, I don't think we'll be doing business. One-eyed mercenary massages Karen's shoulders. Treasure. Am I wrong, Sugar Plum? Hot little number, precious kitty, beyond priceless, wet. Pussy you maim for over hot hours of summer fevered snow each night in a granite box caked with vomit from dying soldiers begging to bleed the last of their worries out on your rapidly dulling shake. Years of trailing not a little bit behind. 
wonder if it's big enough not just long thick enough ever put your balls on a scale and just weigh them you measured your shaft why not your balls raw data i got a scale need a scale what do you need little blow little smoke crystal who you looking for you saw the sign out front I got a lot of signs, pretty girl. It's like the man said to me, first day in, you look like you could use a friend. I don't appreciate. Staring down a parade of false <laughs> gods, this cavalcade of hate, shit, swamp and thirst, the knuckles of your brother tied up in a leather bag around your throat, balls free, carrying your water skin despite the weight. Am I making sense? Because that lie is what you got keeping you from choking on the sand under your blistered scab, beach without ocean. You've been there? You know where I'm at? Jason shakes his head. All cargo far too holy to profane will remain wholly protected within my vault. Have you seen our safe? Night mercenaries antechamber. One night mercenary leads Karen deeper into his bunker. Better than the bank. This chamber is more protected than the Federal Reserve. Karen steps in. One night mercenary follows her inside, pulls the door closed. The lock clicks into place. One odd mercenary's vault. The vault is mostly empty with a barrier dividing the space into a larger and a smaller area. I want to show you something. One odd mercenary leads Karen beyond the barrier to a simple toilet, a large hole dug into a cavernous cesspool. What's your real name? Danger, love. For you, trouble. One-eyed mercenaries HQ, front office, early afternoon. Karen's phone, beep. Jason opens Karen's purse and lifts her phone. Jason accepts Karen's incoming text message from Linda. Do you have passport? Let's fly tonight. One, two, three, Van Buren Lane. You are my brightest gem. No ticket before 13 months, I checked. Jason places the phone back in Karen's purse and discovers the soft bag. Jason opens the soft bag, revealing the diamonds inside. Jason fishes Karen's keys from her purse, glances at the doorway. Jason pulls Karen's phone back out of Karen's purse and reads the text message again. Jason carries baby Sirius to Karen's car, holding Karen's keys. Jason unlocks the trunk, pulls out the diaper bag, changes baby Sirius' dirty diaper in the trunk, throws it in the plastic bag, places the long-lost large diamond in the plastic bag, pulls out a fresh diaper, lays it out underneath baby Sirius, lays the soft bag of diamonds on top of the fresh diaper. Jason wraps baby Sirius in the fresh diaper. Jason, we got to get you some more food. One eye mercenary's vault, one eye mercenary gestures to a chair. Sit there. Anything else you need? Do you work for that weird French guy? Are you going to hurt me? One eye mercenary unlocks and opens the vault door. Is he rich? One eye mercenary leaves and shuts and locks the vault door. How rich is he? One eye mercenaries HQ mid afternoon. Jason lifts the diaper bag and baby Sirius out of the trunk, unlocks the driver's side door, 
throws the diaper bag on the passenger seat and gets in. Jason awkwardly secures baby Sirius in his car seat from his position in the driver's seat. Jason starts Karen's car and pulls into gear. Karen's car rolls to a stop. One-Eyed Mercenaries HQ front office. One-Eyed Mercenary enters from the antechamber to find Jason and Baby Sirius have left. One-Eyed Mercenary watches through a window as Karen's car pulls away up the road. One-Eyed Mercenary grabs Karen's purse. He opens the vault. Karen stares open-mouthed. Tell me what she'll do with me. Don't leave me in suspense. One-Eyed Mercenary flings Karen's purse inside, locks the vault, Karen's car. Jason drives and chats with Baby Sirius. Well, we're going to get you some food, son. Don't worry. Jason opens the diaper bag. You want some carrot? Whoa. Jason closes the diaper bag. <laughs> the big safe. Karen plays with her phone. One-Eyed Mercenary's HQ parking mid-afternoon. One-Eyed Mercenary climbs in a large truck, pulls out a cell phone, dials, and drives down the road. Linda in Jack's house mid-afternoon. Linda prepares dinner, music blares. Linda rocks out, singing, dancing, playing with new kitten. CD Motel Night Rain flashback nine months ago. Jason tears his bloody shirt off and throws it down. Jack sends Jason off running. Jason slips, pulls out a walkie-talkie, throws it to the ground, catches his breath. Jason takes off running again. Jack pulls out walkie-talkie, changes the channels, and checks in. Roger, I made him park a half mile away. He won't even look back. Copy that. Bike cop. All right, I'm going to get the fuck up out of here. Do you read me? Hold your position and sit tight. We're doing okay, but it ain't time to celebrate. Motel room number 69. Bike cop wearing one black glove enters to check on Linda, who's dripping and nude from her bath. Bike cop's belt holds a knife, a walkie-talkie, and another black glove. Nice work. They stand and look at one another for a moment without speaking. A well-dressed man bursts in. Bike cop pulls out his knife, clicks the blade in place, and raises it in his gloved hand and puts on his other glove. Bike cop wipes down the handle and blade and holds up the knife. She's brand new, untested. CD Motel Night Rain. Jack lifts the walkie-talkie to his mouth and crouches to gather the other walkie-talkie that Jason cast aside. Damn it! Jack runs toward the motel room. Motel room number 69. Bike cop slowly moves between a well-dressed man and the door. Linda stands frozen. A well-dressed man backs up to a wall. Bike cop takes a breath and advances carefully toward a well-dressed man. Hello. My name is Roger Smith, and I'm selling magazine subscriptions. We carry trade publications for all associated premier North American peer businesses and limited liability corporations. White cop nudges Linda toward the bathroom. White cop, stand back, darling. Jack throws open the door and tackles a well-dressed man to the floor. Jack throws a foot onto a well-dressed man's chest and begins to speak, then looks up and holds up his hands to ward off white cop. Should I stick him? Put the knife away. Hey, Jack closes the door. He's done here. Out of his league. This guy's just a stooge. He'll run off and forget he ever saw us. Tell our mutual friend I'm out. I'm out forever. And if you can't understand that, we'll cut him up and go fishing. You got all that, Remy? Bike cop puts away his knife and takes one glove off. Jack kneels on a well-dressed man's neck. Either it's over, or this policeman watched the lady knife you in self-defense with your own weapon. Attempted murder cases against pretty little white ladies mostly go one way. Aggravated assault, sexual terrorism, Okay, uh, all right, all right, Christ, you malignant fuck, let me up. 
Jack stands, a well-dressed man crawls to his knees. You're an asshole, Jackson. A well-dressed man turns to leave. And my papa was a rolling stone. A well-dressed man opens the door. I am playing all these characters. Lemmy, no. <laughs> a well-dressed man slams the door. Linda touches my cup. We're leaving. Hey, princess, put some fucking clothes on. Countryside, late afternoon. Karen's car putters along on a hilly country road in the hours before dusk. A peaceful scene. Another vehicle accelerates into frame, races past Karen's car, and speeds away. One-eyed mercenaries vault. Karen's phone dies. Karen gets pissed. Karen's car late afternoon. Jason drives through an expansive countryside. Baby serious. Gurgles from his car seat. Jason pulls over, stops the car, searches for a map. Jason steps out of Karen's car, opens the map. Countryside, late afternoon. Jason steps out of Karen's car, looks at a map, glances toward the sun, then sticks his head back in Karen's car, speaks to baby Sirius. Jason stands up again, reconsiders the map, then climbs back in Karen's car. Karen's car afternoon. Jason checks all his mirrors, glances at baby Sirius, pulls a U-turn. Okay, son. Always look both ways before you flip a bitch. City motel. Night, rain, flashback, nine months ago. Jason approaches the seedy motel carrying walkie-talkie. Motel room number 69. Jason enters the darkened room and touches everything, searching for his long-lost large diamond. He finds a light and switches it on. Jason sees the diamond hidden in plain sight. <gasps> he pulls out the soft bag, gently places the large diamond inside. Jason stops. He hears water running from the bathroom. The bathroom door is slightly open. Jason enters the bathroom. Linda's bloodbath. Linda... Moans quietly in the bathtub, nude with her throat slit, blood everywhere. Jason screams, drops the soft bag of diamonds. Jason clutches his walkie-talkie and calls out. Jack, 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 are you there? Jack. Jason exits the bathroom. Motel room 69. Jason hesitates, runs back into the bathroom. Linda's bloodbath. Jason closes his eyes, reaches for the soft bag of diamonds, lifts it from the floor. Motel room 69. Jason exits the bathroom. Jason's shirt is bloody. Jack. She's murdered. Roger, the cop is coming over here. Better move over. Seedy motel, night rain. Jack stands by some bushes. Jason rushes out of motel room number 69 in a bloody shirt, carrying the soft bag and walkie-talkie. Jack ushers Jason into the bushes. Did you get it? She was dead. I ran... Oh, my God. I'm going to... Slow down. I left. I left. Jesus. The prince. Calm down. Help. Hey, you gotta fucking help me. Please. I'll uh, Jason fumbles out the soft bag of diamonds. Give you I, I found Jason pours some little diamonds into his hand and offers them up. That's my finder's fee. Jason pours out some more little diamonds, almost drops the long lost large diamond, then shoves it back into the soft bag. Jason hands over more little diamonds. Right? It's very generous. I'll stall him. And Jack puts his little diamonds away. Jason stuffs his soft bag into a pocket. Hey, don't worry. I'll wipe everything down, destroy the evidence. I can take care of this. This ain't my first date. Jack leads Jason away down the road. Jason runs. Linda and Jack's house early evening. Jason drives up, gets out, grabs baby Sirius in the diaper bag, knocks on the door. Linda answers. They gaze at each other for a long while. Uh, how's your throat? better that's a lot better would you like to jason enters jason's home 
Jack closes Jason's front door quietly, surveys the empty house. Jack puts away his burglary gear in his bag, stands looking around, notices the muffins. Jack crosses the room, looks at the bucket, then examines the ceiling. Jack approaches the muffins and chooses one, then bites his muffin and chews it slowly. Eh. Jason's home, early evening. The Frenchman stands in a shrubbery, watching Jack through a window, eating a crepe. Jack and Linda's house, early evening. Slow zoom through a window. Jason and Linda stand around awkwardly. Jason is still holding baby serious. Linda and Jack's house. Linda and Jason stand awkwardly. I was just making dinner. What is it you're here about? Jason holds up baby serious, makes a face. Linda's flustered. Jason kisses baby serious on the forehead. Guess I'm looking for answers, actually. Would you like some dinner? Jack and Linda's dining table. Linda serves Jason a plate of food, pours him a strong drink in a glass with ice, and pours a glass of wine for herself, sets herself a plate of food, and sits. Jason begins to eat his food. You know, it's been so long since I shared a meal with anyone. They take in the moment. You want to hear about my first con? I guess you already know about it. Nine months pass by fast, don't they? Maybe not for you. Who are you? Linda glances at photograph of Jack on the mantle. I'm not mostly sure. Jason sets his fork down. Don't you know who I am? Eating Jason drinks and looks over at baby Sirius on the floor. You're my wife's lover. Linda stops eating. My ex. I'm not. Karen's. I'm not her lover. The therapist. Technically, I'm not a therapist. You're a con artist, right? Uh, a bilker, a fleecher, uh, a flimflammer, a fraud, a grifter, hustler. You're Jack's wife. Linda empties her glass of wine and pours another. I'm not good with words. Is, is Karen okay? Yeah. Jason stops. She's, I don't know. I don't know what Karen's up to. I'm not her lover. You said. Yet. That, uh, I guess, I guess I'm Jack's wife. We never got divorced. Linda sighs. He was my, we were young. And it didn't work out. We separated. Linda inhales. When he called me again, it was just, I had just quit school and he helped me. He helped me, all right. Linda sips her wine. He wanted to help me set up my business, Jack. Jack said he was ready to try again. Right. And we're still already married. Linda resumes eating and swallows. He's um, a handsome man, Jack. Very well. Yeah, Jason's dead. Let's stay on the topic. Where's Jack? Linda turns. I don't ever know where he is. He could be locked up in a little hole right now, studying your whole genealogy. He goes through all my private files. Baby Sirius makes a happy sound. It's unethical. Big safe. Karen sits, holding her dead phone, clutching her purse. The Frenchman. Poor, poor sweet Karen. 
Karen approaches the cesspool. Karen's hallway. Jack breaks into Karen's apartment, enters and closes the door. The big safe. Karen calms herself, stuffs her phone and all her accessories into her purse, takes a breath. Karen removes her outer garments and zips everything into her purse. She stands in her underwear, grips her purse tightly, holds her breath, closes her eyes, and plunges into the cesspool. Karen's apartment. Jack checks his iPhone spy cam. Jack and Linda's house spy cam. Baby series. Jason and Linda sit. On the floor, Jason feeds baby cereals from Linda's plate. Linda and Jason pass the wine bottle sipping. And spends his days cramped up in a little cubby hideout like a 10-year-old. Jason stops feeding baby cereals. How you doing, buddy? It's pathetic. Can I see it? Uh, No, that's the point. Linda stands and gestures. Jason lifts baby Sirius and all three proceed to the locked inner door of Jack's lair. Locked inner door of Jack's lair. Jason holds baby Sirius. Linda touches the door. He has his own entrance. It's weird. He lives in there. I keep busy. Karen. I'm Linda. I didn't get killed and I didn't take your diamond. I don't think you know what you're messing with. He has maps, charts, blueprints, sheets of papers, all the histories of your fucking diamond, your your daddy, your granddaddy, your lineage. I never knew anything about that. Can I steal some space and change my son? One-eyed mercenaries HQ early evening. Karen emerges from the bog-like cesspool, collapses on a grassy knoll. Karen retches, spits, wipes her hands on the grass, wipes her face and hair, wipes her hands off again, unzips her purse, pulls out an outer garment, and proceeds to wipe her entire body down. Karen shudders, undresses, and abandons her pile of filthy clothing in favor of her only clean outer garment. Linda and Jack's bedroom. Linda stands in the doorway as Jason changes baby Sirius' poopy diaper on a large towel on the bed. Gross. What are you going to do? You don't have to believe anything I say. I'm not even sure what's true anymore. That sounds stupid, doesn't it? Could you leave me alone? Sorry. You're in my house. Sorry. <laughs> I made you dinner. I I told you the truth. I was really starting to feel good today. Linda leaves the bedroom. Jason follows a freshly changed baby serious, lolls about on Linda and Jack's bed, waving his arms and legs. Doorway of Linda and Jack's bedroom. Hey. Hey. I did everything but oh. Jason grabs Linda. Sorry. Jason releases Linda. I'm sorry for that also. That's all anyone wants anymore is a blow job. Or a hug. Uh, I can't fuck you in the room with my son. Linda throws her hand in the air and walks into the bathroom. Jason returns to Linda in Jack's room. Down the road from HQ evening, Karen walks down the road trying to flag down cars. No cars will stop. Karen sighs and sits down. A well-dressed man pulls up in a porta potty truck and offers Karen a ride. Karen climbs in the cab. They drive off at an insane pace. A well-dressed man's hand resting on Karen's thigh. Jack and Linda's bedroom. 
Jason opens the poopy diaper full of little diamonds and glances toward the door. Jason gently pushes the poopy diaper full of little diamonds into the plastic bag. Bedroom doorway. Linda stands in the door once again, watching Jason handle the plastic bag. Let me help you. You probably want to wash your hands. I don't know how you can stand it. I bet it gets everywhere. Oh, no, no, I'm all right. It's not so bad. Jason tries to leave the bedroom carrying the plastic bag. Don't be silly. I, I like to do it, you know, in a, in a certain way. Jason and Linda carry the plastic bag together to the trash bin. I don't know where it is. Yeah, just, just let you me. You don't know where it is? Here, stop. Here. Then stop. Somehow... It's just. I want to be a mother someday. Yeah, you can rip it. They dropped the plastic bag in the trash bin. You know, uh, maybe I'll wash my hands. Jack and Linda's bedroom. Linda watches baby Sirius wiggle on her bed, then notices a large towel, gathers it up, tosses it in the corner. Jason enters the room. Come here. Can I tell you a secret? I love the phrase freshly fucked. Jason moves toward Linda. I didn't, I didn't ever think I'd meet you. Linda and Jason embrace. Not here. Linda leads Jason out of the bedroom and pulls him down on the floor. How do you like it? Jack and Linda's kitchen door. The Frenchman approaches, checks the kitchen door. Kitchen door is unlocked. Frenchman enters. Jason and Linda moan from down the hall. The Frenchman moves the garbage bag from the trash bin and carries it outside. Jack and Linda's backyard evening. On one side, a neighbor mows his lawn in the adjacent yard, a family picnic and barbecue. All the neighbors stare as the freshman sneaks outside with the garbage bag. Frenchman shrugs. Garbage there, no? And misery? The Frenchman throws out the garbage bag in a big bin and drags the big bin around to the front of Jack and Linda's house. Jack and Linda's front walk evening. All the neighbors are pulling out their big bins. The neighbors examine the Frenchman. He examines them even more closely. The Frenchman returns to Jack and Linda's backyard and addresses the neighbors. Ah, yes, bonne The Frenchman re-enters <coughs> Jack and Linda's house through the kitchen door. Jack's spy camp. The Frenchman finds a new garbage bag for the trash bin. Puts it in, begins filling the trash bin with random objects. Eventually, the Frenchman pauses to pull his pants down and shit in the trash bin. <laughs> the Frenchman finds something soft to wipe himself on and throws it in the trash bin. The Frenchman continues throwing out Jack and Linda's things until the trash bin is pretty full. Interior. <coughs> Jack and Linda's bedroom doorway. Linda and Jason roll around on the floor. Jason begins to tickle Linda. She tries to fight him off. Linda shoves Jason down, sits astride him. She rolls over, lays back on the floor. The bathroom door is closed. I thought it, <laughs> oh boy. I thought when you drove up, I. You thought. I thought you were for her. Like it was Karen coming to rescue. No, 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 I know what you mean. I should have gone to college. Just for the chicks, man. You're a college girl, man, right? Enter Jack from the bathroom. Linda and Jason clutch one another on the floor. Jack watches, drying his hands on a hand towel. Jack throws down the hand towel and reaches out a hand. Jack pulls Jason up from the floor, then turns to Linda. Welcome. Get up. We have company. Pick that up. Jack turns back to Jason. You want anything? Jack gestures to Linda. Linda gets up from the floor and looks at Jason silently. 
go on. Linda walks away. Jack throws an arm around Jason. How's the retirement going? You fuck. You absolute ugly fuck. I kid. You're the champ. But I can kill you sometimes, this guy. This fucking guy. Everybody loves you. You know, I talked to a judge today, and I'm not supposed to repeat this, but honey, where are we at with that? Hold on. I'll be right back. Jack exits after Linda. Jason pauses and runs to the kitchen. Jack and Linda are pulling the garbage bag from the trash bin. Linda laughs. laughs. Oh, it's trash day. Wouldn't you fucking know it? Well. That's right, Linda. Jake, you might want to. Jason, I'm sorry. Jason, <laughs> Linda, have you met Jason? Does anyone know the time? Linda, can you handle this? <laughs> I just remembered. Jay, you're going to love this. Take that out, Linda. Jesus. Linda carries out the garbage bag with this chick. I'm serious. Give her five minutes. And she's sucking down the linebacker like it came in an Oreo milkshake. <laughs> you gotta be careful with those heady types. You're a honey guy, right? Jack steers Jason into his bedroom. But I tell you, did you get to, uh, hey, come here. How are you feeling? You don't look so well. I know it might seem rude as though I uh, suggested you were fucking my wife. But listen, do you mind if I smoke? Jack lights a cigar. Want one? There comes a time in every woman's mouth. Know what I mean? Let me know if I can call her. <laughs> I'll check on her. Jack exits. Jason looks up to see a shit smear on the wall of Jack and Linda's bedroom. Jason looks out the window. Jack and Linda stand on the front walk. Linda holds the garbage bag and Jack smokes his cigar, pointing at their big bin. Jason gathers up baby Sirius and his belongings. Jack and Linda's front walk. Evening. Linda puts down her garbage bag. Jack considers the garbage bag in the big bin. Jason approaches, carrying baby Sirius and his diaper bag. Jack notices a poster regarding municipal waste and freezes. Linda has shit smeared on her hand. Early trash pickup. I better go tell the neighbors. Jack takes off running down the street. Linda waves and sniffs her hand. A well-dressed man pulls up in the porta potty truck and parks in a neighbor's driveway. Karen jumps down from the cab and blows a well-dressed man a kiss. Karen runs over to Linda. The Frenchman speaks with a well-dressed man. You want to take a shower? Linda and Karen walk into Jack and Linda's house. They enter the bathroom and run the shower without closing the bathroom door. There's another cat clock in the bathroom. Jason drags both garbage bags to Karen's car, unlocks the car, throws a garbage bag in the passenger seat, one in the back seat. Jason straps baby Sirius in, stows the diaper bag. Jason climbs in Karen's car, turns Karen's key in the ignition and drives off. Broken down dump truck, evening. Jack turns the corner, slows to a fast walk and sees a one-eyed mercenary sitting on a comfy chair in the bed of his large truck. I knew you'd be around here somewhere. Time was, a man was so scared of me, he stayed down before I hit him. Still like to sniff your own asshole? For what it's worth, save it. Ain't worth none. Jason drives past in Karen's car, one-eyed mercenary and Jack watch him go. One-eyed mercenary tosses Jack a thick flask. One eye mercenary tosses an unspent rifle shell on the street. Jack drinks and tosses the flask back. Comes a time. Can I borrow your truck? One eye mercenary shrugs, drinks, and puts away his flask. Jack gestures the jump truck. Happened to the driver. One eye mercenary. He fell down. One eye mercenary tosses Jack the truck's keys, climbs down from the truck bed. Jack palms a small diamond into one eye mercenary's hand. Long time. 
The freeway evening, Jack speeds along the fast lane in the one-eyed mercenary's large truck. Jack pulls out his iPhone and watches through another spy cam. Jack and Linda's bathroom spy cam. Linda washes her hands in the sink while Karen showers. Hold on. Exit Linda. Karen butchers the lyrics and melody of a popular tune. Enter Linda. Linda holds up a shit-smeared little diamond in the light. Linda steps into the shower with her clothes on and holds up the shit-smeared diamond. Karen washes the little diamond off. Can I borrow some things? Mm-hmm. You ready to leave? The cordless phone rings. Freeway exit evening. Jack veers onto a freeway exit, leading to another section of freeway, speaking into his iPhone. Jack and Linda's house. Linda talks on the cordless phone, wearing a bath towel. Karen gets dressed in Linda's clothes. That looks nice. I'm not even sure I want to talk to you. Tell him. And frankly... He can't treat you like that. You haven't treated me well for a long time. Wait, what? How did he die? Jack? Hello? Fuck it. Karen takes the coilless and hangs it up. Linda throws on some clothes without thinking, and they grab a couple suitcases and head for the door. New kid meows from Karen's purse. Meow. Should we stop by your apartment? Kitty. Oh, fuck. I always hated that dog. Karen's car. Jason drives Karen's car with Baby Series in his car seat. Bag of trash rides shotgun and another bag of trash sits behind Baby Series' car seat. City roads evening. Karen's car progresses along city roads. A foreign car pulls up behind and follows, leaving one car length between them. Gas station evening. Karen's car pulls into a gas station. Jason gets out and pumps gas. Foreign car pulls into the gas station. The Frenchman climbs out and pumps gas. Long stretch of highway, late evening. Karen's car proceeds slowly down the highway, followed one car length behind by a foreign car. Highway rest stop night. Jason and the Frenchman sit in the parking lot with one parking space between them. Jason gets out of Karen's car. The Frenchman climbs out of his foreign car. They regard each other. Yes, I would. It is a family story. The old fort prison, solitary confinement cell, Johannesburg, 1930s. The prisoner Roman sits silent in his tiny stone cell. The Frenchman. Is your home? The old fort prison, Warden Bergman's quarters. Werner Bergman chuckles into his safe, lording over an array of jewelry, neat stacks of money, and clusters of glittering gemstones. Roughneck guard stands in a doorway. I'm who must say lap on trial and blend wap wap. Pulls Esmeralda into Warden Bergman's quarters. Esmeralda carries baby Roma in a wicker basket. Il do toi, 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 I'm a toi, Roughneck guard leaves Warden Bergman's quarters and walks down a staircase. Warden Bergman closes and locks the door. Esmeralda begs Warden Bergman. The old fort prison halls. Roughneck guard walks to solitary confinement cell. Old fort prison, solitary confinement cell. Prisoner Roman watches Roughneck guard closely. Warden's quarters. Esmeralda holds up baby Roma. Solitary confinement cell. Roughneck guard unlocks the prisoner Roman's shackles from the wall. Warden's quarters, Warden Bergman smiles, prison halls. Roughneck guard walks the prisoner Roman through prison halls to a staircase. Warden's quarters, Esmeralda sits. Prison hall. Roughneck guard locks the prisoner Roman to the staircase. Warden's quarters, Warden Bergman strokes Esmeralda's cheeks. Esmeralda pushes Warden Bergman away. Warden Bergman threatens Esmeralda, offers Warden Bergman the long lost large diamond. Warden Bergman embraces Esmeralda. 
Esmeralda kills Warden Bergman with a long-lost large diamond. Warden Bergman falls. Esmeralda drops the long-lost large diamond. Prison halls. Roughneck guard and weak guard hear the scream and thud. Rush past the prisoner Roman to Warden Bergman's quarters. Warden's quarters. Esmeralda notices Warden Bergman's safe, approaches, and removes the sparkling diamond. Esmeralda lifts the long-lost large diamond from the floor, bottom of the prison staircase. The prisoner, Roman, struggles to free himself. Prison stairs. Roughneck guard and weak guard rush upstairs. Warden's quarters. Esmeralda removes a cloth from baby Roma, wipes blood from the long-lost large diamond, places the cloth inside Warden Bergman's safe, and closes and locks Warden Bergman's safe. Outside, Warden's door. Roughneck guard, weak guard, bombard Warden Bergman's locked door. Warden's quarters. Esmeralda hides the diamonds within the cushion and fabric of Baby Roma's basket. Warden's door. Roughneck guard breaks down Warden Bergman's door and seizes Esmeralda at Warden's quarters. Esmeralda holds on to Baby Roma. Prisoner stares. The prisoner Roman shouts. Warden's quarters. Roughneck guard takes Baby Roma, hands him to Weak Guard, top of stairs. Roughneck guard drags Esmeralda down the staircase. Weak Guard follows, holding Baby Roma. Esmeralda reaches for Baby Roma. Roughneck guard pulls Esmeralda bottom of the stairs. The prisoner Roman watches Esmeralda fall down the staircase and break her neck, bottom of stairs. Roughneck guard pushes weak guard. Weak guard carries baby Roma through prison halls. Esmeralda dies on the floor. The prisoner Roman breaks free, kills roughneck guard. Weak guard throws all his keys in the basket and holds out the basket. Weak guard and the prisoner Roman stare at each other, prison halls. Weak guard and the unshackled prisoner Roman run through the prison halls, prison gates night. Weak guard and the prisoner Roman stand at the prison gates. Prisoner Roman lifts baby Roma from the basket and runs into the night. Weak guard sees the diamond in the basket and turns to face the old fort prison, crosses himself and strikes his own path into the night. Highway rest stop night. The Frenchman smokes a cigarette, leaning against Karen's car, baby serious coughs. The Frenchman offers a cigarette to Jason who accepts, baby serious coughs. Jason notices. Oh, sorry. Jason tamps out the cigarette, throws it down, turns to the Frenchman. Uh, Pierre. My name is Jean-Michel Dominique Francois Gerard Baptiste Luis Andre Javier Antonio Maximilian Zanderoman. Assistez Romain Francois, uh, the Frenchman. Roma, pour un petit moment. L'homme familier. Uh, did you still want those diamonds? I got them in one of the garbage bags in the car. The garbage is free. You can keep that. I don't need it. Non sont les feris. I will give it to you for $12,000. Jason looks at the garbage bags. You mind watching my kid? I got to take a leak. Jason walks off to the toilets. The Frenchman observes and leans in. Taps baby serious on the nose. No son, fast different. Must well, must my Karen's car. Jason drives in silence without the garbage bags. Baby serious burbles in his car seat. My mom's driveway night. Small cottage in the country. Jason drives up in Karen's car and slows to a stop. My mom's cottage night. Jason brings baby Sirius up to the porch. My mom's cottage. My mom greets Jason and baby Sirius at the door. They enter and move into the cottage. Jason breathes a sigh of relief and hugs my mom again. My mom holds and kisses Jason. 
Jason goes around the room, touching familiar objects from his past. 